welcome to episode 2 of Opposites React. How are you going to watch in the evening? Or listen to the evening? It doesn't matter, we're recording it in the evening, that's why I'm saying good evening. <laughs> good start. Uh, uh, today is Wednesday, February 5th, 2020. Uh, my name's Tyler, and here's my wife, Sarah. Yo, yo. So, uh, we, we, like I said, last week obviously was our first, uh, first ever episode for this series, uh, hopefully a long running series. <laughs> and, uh, we definitely learned some things, I think, about how to maybe make this more efficient going forward, time-wise at least anyways. I know, I know the last one was probably almost two hours long, but that's going to be a lot to discuss. And, um, obviously not as much content. If we're going to do it on a more weekly basis now, we should be able to keep it probably around an hour or so. Um, I hope. I'm trying to keep my topics. I have four things I want to talk about today. I'm going to try to keep them all for around 10, 10, 12 minutes each. Um, so what we're going to start out with is uh, a couple movies that I watched on Netflix last week. Uh, back to back, actually. I watched them on consecutive nights. Um, and the first one is called Marriage Marriage Story, mm-hmm. uh, which came out, I think, it's December 2019. is a fairly newer release. Um, Oscar bait. Well, no, no, it's not Oscar bait. Like it's it's definitely an Oscar worthy movie. I think it has. Mm-hmm. Um, I should I wrote it down here. Six it has six Oscar nominations, um, best actor, best actress, best supporting actress, and best <laughs> screenplay among them. Um, I think personally, um, uh, best screenplay is deserving. Best actress for Johan- Scarlett Johansson, most definitely. Best actor, I would like to see Adam Driver win it, but I think it's a really tough competition this year, especially with Joaquin Phoenix and mm-hmm. it probably he's going to win it for Joker. So. Yeah. Going for something, but Adam was great. In the, so again, I should be, start off by saying the movie stars Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson. Um, they are the main actors, and the, the movie essentially is about a uh, very simple premise: was about a couple going through a divorce, sort of a um, what do you call it, uh, long term, not long term. Let's call it. We know we have a long term, long distance relationship. So oh, okay. it's like a long distance divorce because he's in New York, she's in L.A. Right. They still meet, obviously, to go over documents and meet with lawyers and stuff. But a lot of times they're in they're in different parts of the country, so. And they have an, uh, it also kind of shows the impact that it has on their, they have an eight-year-old son together, Henry, and uh, he splits time between the parents, so you kind of get his perspective, Ugh. too, on, because he t- tends to gravitate more towards his mom, um, which is too bad, because the the father seems like a good, he seems like a good dad, but I think the mom is really, well, because, you know, he's, his life out in California is, you know, he goes to school out there, he's got all his friends, and obviously it's like, you know, better weather and stuff out there, so when mm. he goes back to New York, it's like, okay, so he's oh, yeah, so he kid would rather be out in California with his mom, which is kind of unfair for the dad, but it's the way it plays out. Um, but yeah, in my opinion, it's uh, definitely one of the best films I've seen in the last few years. Um, it it's probably a little, it's a little, a little over two hours long, and it is a drama. Like it's just gonna be a lot of talking and a lot of fighting. Well, yeah, fighting between the <laughs> the parents going through the divorce. Um, but no, the screenplay was great. Like the performances, oh my goodness! Like there's scenes in this movie where even individual scenes, like I think at one point. I didn't time it, but Scarlett Johansson has this scene where it's just a one take on it because the camera's just sitting on like maybe like two feet away from her face and she's just delivering this whole monologue. There's no cuts or edits or anything, so she obviously has to memorize all this dialogue, but it just kind of goes through her talking about how she first met her husband. Um, his name's Charlie. And uh, and then, you know, sort of like some things that he did or, or, or said to her that made her feel the, 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 the marriage is starting to decline, regress. Um, but that was that, that that scene alone would probably be played on her like her Oscar reel like when they show the nomination that would be that scene they'd probably pick out <laughs> but um, for the dad I, so there's a few scenes in the movie for the dad that really stood out to me is, is kind of heartbreaking like uh, at one point he flies out west to take his kid out for Halloween like trick or treating 
And the, the, so he gets there, and the mom is already taken about trick or treating earlier that night. So the kid's like pooped at this point. Oh. Like, I'm tired, Dad. I don't want to go. And he's like, No, no, come on, it'd be fun. Because the dad put out like this really elaborate costume, like the Invisible Man, and uh, and he got a really cool costume for his kid, like a Frankenstein costume. But of course, you know, the the mom's like, Oh no, we just got him like a ninja costume from the store, like some generic like ninja thing, right? So. You know, the dad put a lot of effort in his stuff, and the kid didn't really feel up to it. So they went out trick or treating together, and it did it didn't go well because they're just basically they're going to his chosen going to like basically like convenience stores and like uh, hotel lobbies trying to get some candy. So the kid goes home, he dumps out his bucket in front of the dad, has like four candies in it. Oh no! And you can just tell the dad's like heartbroken. But um, uh, now another scene too, the scene where the uh, where the, she serves him the divorce papers. So the thing is, like anyone who might be familiar with divorce, whether directly or indirectly, might know the spouse can't serve the papers directly to the right yeah so Third party. right so the so in this case Char- Charles Johansson's character and god I should have wrote her name down here it's bugging me I can't remember her character's name but um uh she uh so she goes she basically tells her husband to meet her at her her mom's house uh, her mom and sister are there and she says she so she says to her sister like, you're gonna serve him the papers right and they're going through this whole like elaborate like I want you to like walk in while I'm talking to him and like you just kind of like put him down or serve him you know they're trying to make it like almost like a play like you're orchestrating this whole thing of course it didn't go well because Charlie shows up and the mom and sister both love him. Oh no! So it kind of throws Scarlett off her character off, and then eventually, like they just start talking, and then the, he notices the, the the papers on the counter, and uh, and he picks it up, and then like the sister takes the papers out of his hand, and then she hands them back to him because like she he has to be oh. formally served. It's like because he, he picked it up off the counter, and the sister's like, "Oh no, hang on!" So she takes it and like, hands it back to him. She's like, "Sorry," and then she runs out of the room. But um, yeah, uh, like, Adam really sold that scene well. The look on his face when he just kind of like, realized like. You know, they were going through a separation. He's, you know, he, I think most spouses always have that hope that they're gonna, you're gonna overcome that. You're still gonna get back together. Everything's gonna be okay when you actually get those papers in your hand. When you realize it's here's the divorce papers, he the look on his face, and he's had like sort of this silent moment of contemplation that I thought was really well, well acted, or realistic. Um, but, um, you know, the, the biggest scene in the movie, obviously, um, and I, I showed this to you. Yeah, I showed you the scene recently. Now, out of context, you haven't seen the movie, right. so it, like, it's not going to have as much of an impact on you as it did on me watching the whole movie. But there's a scene towards the, the last third of the movie where they have this explosive argument, and this in this apartment, and uh, it goes on for probably a good six, seven minutes, and they say some really hurtful things to each other. And at the end, like the I won't spoil it, but Charlie's character says something really awful, and he just totally breaks down, and like that was one of the most like emotional moments i've ever seen so like, it feels like a play because again here's two people acting in an apartment there's not a lot of like editing or camera work going on but um man the way they sold that like when i wa- you watch me that scene mm. you, <laughs> you show me that scene mm-hmm. and it almost seemed too real yeah i mean okay yeah you got yeah I, i'd be curious to know how many takes they did because i can't imagine doing multiple takes that'd be so like emotional so hard to do but uh yeah it's uh it was definitely very well acted um and anybody who's ever had parents go through a divorce or you know a lot of the dialogue is is real estate kids that have heard the parents argue before and the things Mm -hmm. they say to each other and um you know now interestingly enough like the director his name's noah bombach bombach i'm probably pronouncing that (laughs) name wrong but he's uh he's so i read the notes he says he um he actually based the screenplay on on two things he based on his own divorce with his wife he married an actress some years ago and they divorced Although his divorce was kind of an amicable thing, he said it wasn't. But he he drew from that experience, and then he also from his parents' divorce. Okay. So he kind of combined these two experiences in his life and came up with the screenplay. And I think it definitely shows where he came from that kind of experience. Um, one last thing I'll touch on for the movie is the, uh, the at the very end, 
I should so the beginning of the movie it starts off with like monologues from each character where they each read letters that they've written to each other about the things they really like about each other because they're going through a like counseling yeah. the yeah. marriage counselor at the beginning of the movie but Scarlett like refuses to read her letter out loud <clears throat> because um she just she's like I hate it I, I don't I don't want to read this even though Charlie wants to read his to her so at the very end of the movie Charlie's um at this point like the, the divorce has pretty much gone through like they've they've got their custody times all set assorted and and the financials and all it's taken care of um so charlie's sitting with his son and then he his, he sees his son reading the letter uh that that uh scarlet wrote, scarlet wrote. and uh so charlie starts reading the letter out loud and he sees, you see scarlet in the back which kind of stand in the doorway listening right and so so again it's another one of those scenes where the director just has the camera on on adam's on driver's face on charlie's face while he's reading this letter and um just like you see the emotion on, on, on his face like it, you know it's you know how it's hard to fake crying in movies is when someone's like lower lip starts trembling like the, the chin you know that was, yeah. when you're really crying for like in real life like you're that's how it happens right usually your mouth your chin trembles so when he started doing that when he's reading this letter I'm like oh my gosh because like I've seen so many movies and I even get to it in the next movie where there's an actor really trying to cry on screen and you can tell it's being forced mm. and man this guy like without going off on the tangent I had an idea in my head there's like three actors that come to my mind for guys that can sell realistic crying in movies. Okay, and I think yeah. I, I think of guys that have done it in multiple movies, like multiple occasions. In my mind, the best ones that I can remember that do realistic, emotional, like crying scenes. One is like Hugh Jackman, definitely. In what movie? Oh, multiple. Um, the two that come to mind for me would be like the uh, the Fountain. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, Prisoners. Okay. Yep. Those like man, like he knows how to cry on screen for real, or even for even in like Logan in the in the last uh, yes. Wolverine movie. Okay. Man, that Forgot was that part. so he's yeah. and another one and an actor who you probably you know he hasn't done much lately. But if I think back to like the first decade or so of his career, he did so many good roles like Russell Crowe for me. Yeah, always sold it really well. Like Beautiful Mind, yes. Cinderella Man, even a movie he did um a really good movie I'd recommend anybody check out if if you want. It came out about four or five years ago. And I think it was actually an Australian film because Russell Crowe is actually, I think he's from New Zealand, but he's mostly lives in Australia. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's called The Water Diviner. I think Russell Crowe directed it. I don't know if he wrote it, but he directed it. And I, watched, I remember I rented it some years ago and I watched it. And it was just a scene about a father like trying to track down his, his adult son who disappeared during a war. It's set sometime in the 1900s. And that was a really good movie. That And again, he has an emotional scene in that one where he... I'm like, oh yeah, see, he can act really well when he wants to. When he's not doing <laughs> these stupid the mummy and all these other roles he takes lately, where he's just kind of doing it for Boy, a paycheck, yeah. it seems like. But it's a shame. Anyways, got off on a tangent there. But <laughs> Marriage Story. <laughs> right. uh, to wrap this up, Marriage Story, great film. Definitely recommend you check it out. I mean, it is kind of a hard watch because it's it's very emotional. It's very, especially for anybody who's gone through a divorce or had parents go through a divorce, it can really hit a lot of those memories for you. But I think it's a film worth seeing for sure. Yeah, the yeah. performances seem amazing. Like it almost mm. sold me on watching the whole thing. Just that one scene I showed you. The yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So um, the next film um, that I watched on Netflix uh, was called Uncut Gems, and mm. this is another film that came out, I believe, in December 2019. So just you now it's interesting because it came out in time, you know, to obviously qualify for the Oscars, and I think the studio was hoping that it would get some Oscar nominations because. No, no Oscar nominations at all. Um, it, it did win a lot of other awards, like other uh, affiliates and 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 um, like uh, websites and, and papers and stuff have, have given it a lot of nominations. But for whatever reason, the Oscars didn't see it that way. Um, now, the I should preface by saying that for anybody, it probably turn a lot of people off if I told you, come watch this movie about Adam Sandler. <laughs> Because anybody who, I mean, you may like his movie, the movies he's done in the last decade or so. He does a lot of those generic like Netflix comedies, like really just corny, like 
Yeah, he hasn't changed his style since right. the 90s. You know, like, you know, he's not, I don't I think of like the glory days of like, Happy Gilmore, Billy Madison, Big Daddy, yes. Waterboy, yeah. stuff like that. Uh, now in the mid to early and mid 2000s, he did actually did a bunch of dramatic roles. He did try uh, and branch yeah, out a bit. I don't bit. think it sold, like did well though for him. Well, he, he, he definitely, critically, it opened some eyes because everybody's like, okay, so he can, yeah, he can do serious roles. But then of course, like in the last decade or so, he regressed uh, back to these, you know, cheesy comedies, like, you know, stuff like Grown Ups, Jack and Jill, he's terrible uh. terrible comedies but um so when i first heard like when i saw the trailer for this movie initially i thought okay this looks cool like he's trying to do the drama thing again and then i heard like the reviews came out and all his awards buzz and i was like okay so i checked it out on netflix and uh like, i went with kind of high expectations based on what mm-hmm. i'd heard and i will say go off the bat i did i do like the movie although i think it's very divisive um like even just for a uh, um close comparison like i, I told my mom to watch it so my mom watched it. Uh, she, had, she had to watch it over. She had to, it's about a two-hour movie, but she had to watch it over two days just because the content maybe just didn't grab her the first hour or so. But she watched it over two days. She eventually did finish it, but she said she didn't really like it too much. Um, she just, I don't know, she she found Sandler's character to be very annoying in the film. Yeah, because this is not comedy. This is like no, super no, drama. there's... Yes, skis bag. <laughs> so basically, in the movie, his character he plays. He runs a jewelry store in uh, Diamond Diamond like a high end Diamond District store. Diamond Market. Yeah, yeah, like a high jewelry store in, in downtown New York, like Manhattan or something. Um, like to the pros. Yeah, but he's definitely showing the movie in the movie to be a hustler, a degenerate gambler. I mean, basically, he has, he has no redeeming character at the beginning of the movie. You realize that he's a uh, he's going through a separation with his wife. He has kids, but he has a, he has a mistress on the side, which the wife knows about. So he's obviously like he's a, you know he's cheating. He's definitely hustling his customers and his, his he doesn't treat his staff well. He's got so much Aside debt from, in like so many places too. Yeah, the movie starts off with him basically like he's got these uh, these big goons like these. Um, I can't think of a word for oh, it. Goons but, is fine. Yeah, but like they're they're trying to you know he obviously owes someone he owes someone a hundred thousand dollars and they keep harassing him and threatening to beat him up and stuff like that. So they're constant presence throughout this movie. But and then you find out later on that the hundred thousand he owes is actually to his brother in law, which makes it even better. Ooh. And then so the movie the reason it's called I guess Uncut Gems is because the idea is he the main character being in the movie it shows this like diamond mine in Ethiopia and these two miners find this huge gem like this thing size of your fist uh big like black opal they call it and uh it's worth something like well Sandler's character whose name is Howard Ratner he thinks it's worth like a million dollars yeah well actually I didn't put two and two together about the name until now but you're right that could be intentional um yeah he he basically pays like a hundred grand he borrows a hundred grand from his brother-in-law to basically get this this diamond this opal out of ethiopia into his place in new york so he can sell it on the uh on an auction right. for like a million dollars is what he had it appraised at because it's like three thousand dollars per carat and things like the size of your fist right so it's huge huge diamond um so yeah uh and, but then like the movie shows him constantly like he's, he's he likes to bet on basketball a lot and then as it turns out um one of the guys who like brings customers to his store he knows kevin garnett now kevin garnett for those who don't know is a he's a real life nba player he's retired now but he was like an NBA, one of the best players. I don't really, I don't think he's, I don't, he's not in the Hall of Fame yet. I don't think but he's, he was a superstar. He was a superstar. I don't know if he's a Hall of Famer, but he's definitely a superstar in the recent NBA history. Anybody in the last 20 years probably knows who he is, who he is, but, um, so he, he, he acts in the movie and he actually, for his first acting role, he acts did himself. A, yeah, he acts himself. <laughs> he's not playing a role. Um, but he did a really good job. Like, if you didn't know who he was going into the movie, you think, yeah, he was a good actor, but no, mm. he, um, so curious to see if he does any more roles, but this was just like a yeah. one-off. Like, I don't even know how he was really like contacted by these so the directors writers slash directors for this film it's two brothers mm-hmm. um there i wrote them down here the names are josh and benjamin safty 
they're they're a little bit older than us actually they're in their mid 30s and this is their wow. this is their third feature film i haven't seen the first film they did but the other film the second film they did i saw it on netflix a couple of years ago and it was really good it was called uh, good time with robert pattinson okay and it's another movie those where... two words don't usually go together it's a good movie <laughs> robert pattinson well, no hey that's not fair just, okay everybody's giving him too much crap just like Kristen stewart they both get so much crap for the twilight movies so they the christmas stewart's uh, gone on to agree Kristen Stewart's gone on to do some better roles. She tried to distance herself from that. I think Pattinson, I mean, for those who don't know, the last few Batman. years, Pattinson. Yeah, okay, so he's been cast as the new Batman. He's, he's in the new Christopher Nolan film coming out this year. He, Is he, he really? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. And, um, and he was in that other one called Good Time, which came out, I think, 2014 or 2016. Okay. I don't remember the exact year, but uh, he was really good in that movie, too. Anyway, so these directors, though, they have a um, very specific style of writing and directing, which if you've seen Good Time and you see Uncut Gems, you'll definitely notice the correlation. But, um, they uh, they write very very fast paced dialogue. Like a lot of people like talking over each other, overlapping okay. dialogue, and the 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 films are shot and edited in a way to make you feel like there's not a moment to breathe. That's very anxious. I listened like, to a different podcast about this, mm-hmm. and they said this was the, the, watching this movie is like having a two hour heart, heart attack. Oh yes, yeah, it's, it's super stressful. Yeah. Like even if you don't, it's so tense. Like I would say, like see again, I kind of not related. I would say I kind of empathize with Sandler's character in this movie. And my mom had the opposite reaction. She's like, she felt nothing for him. She thought he got everything he deserved. But I was like, I don't know. You just, maybe that's something that's a, that's a testament to Sandler's acting in this movie is you still kind of want to root for him, even though you know he's, he's he'd be brighter than himself. He's a degenerate. Yeah. It's all his fault, but you kind of want to see him catch a break just at some point. And that's, that's a testament to his acting. But again, to make, kind of make that correlation where I said back to Marriage Story, where I said Adam Driver was like amazing, emo- like amazing at, at acting and those crying, those emotional scenes. Right. There's a scene towards the end of this one where Sandler does kind of have a breakdown because everything's just happening yeah. in this movie. Right. Everything, he has a breakdown in his office where he starts crying in front of his mistress or whatever. And that, that part didn't really do it for me. Mm. Like that was that crying felt a little too forced for me because I wanted to empathize with him. But I was just like, yeah, you're trying a little too hard here. So I kind of knocked off points for that. But, but, um, the rest of the movie, like I said, he he was great in it, and uh, it, I'm not gonna spoil the ending, but it definitely has a tragic ending. Um, I mean, to be honest, the, if you're watching the film, it doesn't you don't really expect it to have a happy ending. It doesn't doesn't deserve a happy ending. And the director's previous film, the one I referenced with Pattinson, Good Time, also didn't really have a happy ending. So I don't, I don't know if that's a trend for them that they have these they focus on these like degenerate characters who show a little little bit of hope, but give them a little bit of they want to root for them, but at the end, it's not gonna turn out well for them. <laughs> But um, again, I, I wrote down on my list here. I said I think this is probably Sandler's best performance, you know, at least in a non-comedy yeah. since since he did a movie in two thousand two called Punch Drunk Love. I heard that one. That's a really good one. That's another one where he plays uh, who plays a character with anger and anxiety issues. <laughs> oh. um, so I don't want to say he's typecast, but he's good right. at it. He's he's definitely good at uh, at these kind of roles, and I'd like to see him do more of this stuff. Honestly, um, I thought he had more deals with Netflix more movies he does but again i feel like it's gonna be more of those comedies type roles oh, okay. like i think he did one last year called murder mystery him and jennifer aniston which apparently like the thing with like these stats these netflix movies that he does like people watch them like crazy like, i know they're, like the most watched movies on netflix so some people are obviously eating that stuff yeah eating it up so you know power to him i mean he's probably obviously making a ton of money <laughs> and you know for those kind of comedies i feel like he doesn't really have to act that much because he's naturally he's a pretty funny guy whereas a movie like this you can tell he's definitely putting a little more effort in yeah. to try something different so i appreciate it uh like i said it's it's a so to wrap this up film was called uncut gems uh it's i think it's divisive it's it's a tough one to recommend to people because like you said it's you're watching two hours of anxiety yeah and uh like i said if you want if you know going in it's not going to have a happy ending that's going to bother you then i'd say don't waste your time but if you're okay with seeing a good performance and i'm saying they're coming coming around 
Yeah. Oh, one more thing I want to touch on in the movie. I just put it in my notes here really quickly. So there's a lot of backlash I saw on this movie on like social media and stuff that some people thought. So I mean, in the, I didn't really get into this in my summary at all, but Sandler's character is, is Jewish. Like his family. Yes. Now, people are going to say it's a stereotype. Like, oh, a Jewish, like, um, uh, what do you call it? Diamond dealer. Diamond dealer. Like, yeah. you know, because you see that a lot in, in popular media and movies and stuff. But I think the, the reality is a lot of them in, in downtown New York – and again, this was set in, it's not really set in modern times. I think it's set in the early uh, early 2010s. Like That's mid, what I heard, 2012. Like, t- like a decade ago, roughly. So, you know, I, I'm sure there probably are still a lot of Jewish dealers around in New York. I mean, yeah. like, like so the directors in this case, or what is it, and the directors are actually both Jewish born. <laughs> okay. like their families are Jewish. So they, right. and, and these directors, these younger guys are in their 30s. They were both, they were born and lived in Queens and Manhattan. So oh. they know this area. They yeah. know what it's like. So I feel like they drew from that experience when they wrote this screenplay. And so I, I don't, I don't buy the, all the, any backlash is on my word if you're saying it's a bad yeah I don't, I don't i don't buy that it doesn't really play in the movie that much anyways like yeah. it's about the character being a bad guy it has nothing to do with him being jewish or not <laughs> yeah, yeah so take take it take that for what it will but uh, i didn't i didn't see that being a factor at all for me so yeah uncut gems uh like i said i mean both those last movies we talked about are on netflix so if you already have a netflix subscription boom you're not going out of your way to you know yeah. pay money or to have to rent these or anything so check them out if you're interested um Definitely good experiences either way, whether you like it or not. I think it's a worthwhile experience to watch. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, next thing I want to talk about, this came out, um, we're going to talk about a movie trailer that came out, um, early, no, sorry, it was last Friday, I think. Last Friday this came out, and it's the new Fast and Furious trailer. That's now, nice. now I wrote, I wrote it down as Fast and Furious 9, because I honestly didn't know what it was called at the time, then I had to look it up. And this, is it not just Fast 9? No, apparently the title, apparently the title is <laughs> F9. The, oh, okay. The Fast Saga. So we're playing on a keyboard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, they keep, it, the names of these things, if I remember correctly, it, like, okay, I think, I'm going to try and run these down off the top of my head. I think it goes the Fast and the Furious, like the very first yeah. one. Then it was Too Fast, Too Furious. Right, of course, you have to use that. being cute with the twos in, yep. the, in the title. And then it was Fast and the Furious, Tokyo Drift. Yep. The third one. And then the fourth one, they just called it Fast and Furious, which is kind of confusing because you already had the it's Fast like the and the Furious, and now it's just Fast one. and Furious. And then they went, then they started getting weird with the naming schemes. They went to Fast Five. Yes. And then, was it Furious Six? Oh no, we're falling apart. Or Furious Seven? I can't remember how they did Six and Seven. It's something to do with Furious. And then Eight was just called The Fate of the Furious. So <laughs> okay. And now they're going with just like F Nine, the Fast Saga. I'm like, all right, whatever. So they're just they're having fun with these titles, and they're trying to. I mean, reality is these movies are huge money makers. I mean, mm. it's funny to think. So the the very first film in the series came out back in two thousand one. So you're talking almost twenty years ago. Okay. When this first one came out. Now, to put it in context, Vin Diesel is fifty two years old now. Like he's almost Tom Cruise age. That's how long he's been doing these Fast and Furious movies. For. <laughs> wow, it's awesome. And I mean he still looks good for his age, Vin for Diesel. Sure. But I'm not really buying all the action scenes so much anymore. Oh, no, don't say that. As when he was a bit younger. I'm thinking now, okay, that's a stuntman, that's a oh, stuntman, that's a stuntman. Oh, also does, does his own stuff, too. I know, but it's, I don't know. I feel like Vin Diesel got away with it a bit more when he's younger. Keep the magic alive. Yeah. So, whatever. I mean, hey, I'm still looking forward to this film because it is, ex- it are. is, that's what I thought, though, when I, see, I never got around to seeing Hobbs and Shaw last year. Well, I heard it was hot garbage. I heard that too, and that's why I was put off by it because the yeah. trailer was right up my alley. The trailer yeah. was like, "Oh, this looks like stupid, well, silly action." Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> um, yeah, sometimes you just want to have those popcorn movies where you turn your brain off and, sure. and uh, enjoy what you're seeing on screen. But uh, yeah, I never saw Hobbs and Shaw. I've heard too much backlash, and um, maybe not I'll get on it. Netflix. Too? No, it's not that. No, so. but 
But this one definitely. So, so where this trailer gets well, it gets silly pretty much right away. So where it kind of picks up here is, uh, so yeah, I guess you have to have seen the eighth, like the Fate of the Furious, to kind of because it's, it's a continuation of that. Like in the Fate of the yeah, Furious, right. there was the villain in that one was Charlize Theron. Right. Uh, her name, her character's name was Cipher. <laughs> she was a computer hacker, right? Yes, she was. So she's in this one too. I, I think she's the main villain. I'm not really sure about the trailer, yeah. but she's definitely in it. But the big, big draw in this one, the big reveal in the trailer. Here you is that so so dom you know in, in the trailer dom who's vin diesel's character dominic toretto he meets someone and, and you can tell right away they know each other like they're the way they're talking in the in the, in the trailer it's like they have a, a past and then it's revealed i think Charlize Theron might even say in the in the in the trailer she says something like you know oh dom it's it's your younger brother and and it's played by john cena <laughs> oh yeah i just see now, he's gonna be in it no I, I do like cena as an actor i don't he's not quite on the level of like Dwayne Johnson. Like, Dwayne Johnson, I think, can actually be a really good actor, like, in dramatic roles and stuff. John Cena, I think he's really good in these action roles, and he does have a little bit... Actually, John Cena's probably his best performance I've seen him in outside of, like, wrestling. Um, Was he had a small role in in a movie called Trainwreck with uh, Amy Schumer, where he plays her boyfriend. He's actually got some pretty good comedy chops, John Cena. Um, And obviously, action-wise, he's he's done a bunch of generic action films, too, like most wrestlers do, but... um, so I got no problem with him being in this movie for that role. If he's going to be playing like the the younger hothead brother who's going to just fight fight with Dom on movie, I'm up for that. <laughs> um, that's right up my alley. But um, yeah, so I'm just like the reveal in the trailer. Where it's like you know you can just tell the trailer's like it's your younger brother. Dun dun dun. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, so hang on. So again, 20 years of these films. We're on the ninth film, and now he has a brother. Like you can tell the screenwriter is just like I don't know what else we can do at this point. Let's just say Dom has a brother. We've already done everything else in his past. Like. We've we've dug up. Uh, That's why the tagline is not all blood. Like the, the 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 eighth film. Spo- sorry, spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen the eighth film. We have the eighth film. There was a big twist reveal about Dom having a secret baby. Oh yeah. Because he, he had a baby mama when he thought his girlfriend Letty was dead. He hooked up with his other chick for a while. That was in the uh, sixth or seventh film. Sixth film. I want to say it's a sixth film when he hooks up with his other chick. I can't remember her name, unfortunately. Uh, she gets killed off in the eighth film anyway. Spoiler. So <laughs> she's dead. Tom has a baby now. And, of course, you know, nice nod to, uh, unfortunately, the tragic, you know, the death of, of Paul Walker. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they named, at the end of the eighth film, it was revealed that they named Dom's baby Brian. They named it after Paul Walker's character in the film. whose character's name was Brian O'Connor. So that was a nice touch. But, um, uh, yeah, so like I said, there's always, now, it's actually interesting when I was looking at the, Wikipedia stuff for this film, as I always do. We go to Wikipedia just for some quick sources and stuff. <laughs> so, um, so interestingly enough, I think all seven—sorry, not all seven—all eight of the previous Fast and Furious films were written by the same screenwriter. Really? Or at least, well, like some films had come multiple screenwriters, but usually there was always one. There was always usually one consistent guy in all these um, screenplays, and they'd probably bring one other guy to like tweak them or something. But right. this one, this one has an entirely new screenwriter. Like one oh. guy by himself, so I'm like, okay, I have no idea. But I'm very curious now with this new screenwriter. I mean, anytime you bring a new screenwriter on to a long-running series like this, you always wonder if they're going to have their own little twist on it. The trailer didn't seem to be to indicate anything other than this is going to be another one of these Fast and Furious movies. But I mean, I think that'd be a reason why the screenwriter didn't come back or why they chose to go a different direction. Yeah. So hey, we'll see what happens. But I mean. For anybody who thinks that these movies are pointless or a waste of time, I mean, you're not wrong. I mean, if you don't want to see the movie, <laughs> by all means, I'm not going to hold you, hold, hold it against flick. you. Yeah, but for context here, the eighth film made worldwide 1.2 billion. Jeez. So I mean, Universal is going to keep making these movies yeah. until Vin Diesel, you know, Stop. is in a wheelchair or something. Yeah. Um, now, ironically enough, actually, the, this is the ninth film. Like I said, it's coming out in May 
May 22nd of this year is coming out. Okay. Um, apparently, they filmed the ninth and 10th films back-to-back because the 10th one's actually set to come out next April. Wow. So they're having less than a year turnaround on these two well, films. Does Universal need the money? <sighs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Universal had some duds, so... Yeah. But, yeah. Apparently, the 10th film was supposed to be the last one, so Vin Diesel says, but who knows? I mean... And honestly, the joke has been running... The joke's, the joke's been going around for years now with, with how ridiculous these films have been getting ever since the fifth one. Yeah. They just keep trying to one-up each other with how ridiculous the studs well, and like the stories can get. Yeah, well, Mission Impossible is still a little more grounded in reality than these films. Like, come uh, on. If you see, Did I show you the eighth film, the scene where all the cars are being remote-controlled? Yes, being hacked. Funny. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and then there's a submarine. I'm not even going to get into it. The eighth one really jumped the shark. But So the, the long-running joke but is you that... you loved it, it. Oh, I still loved it, yeah. <laughs> But the long-running joke, going back for a few films in the series, has been like, well, one day it's just gonna, they're just going to be in space, <laughs> right? Yeah, like, like Dom, Dom's just, Dom's just going to drive a car in a spaceship, yeah. and who's going to say otherwise? Because <laughs> I mean, these films are just so ridiculous. Yep. But um, the astronaut training. Oh, and then oh, sorry, one more thing. So then we'll get off this topic. But I'm the surprised. the end of this trailer has a huge some people were actually annoyed that they teased that they spoiled this in the trailer but i'm like well they had to like to because if you weren't sold already on the john cena and all the other dumb action that was in the trailer it this in twist in the in the trailer would really entice you would be that they brought back a character who was supposedly killed off a fan favorite that people were really angry got killed off um which his name was han Ha- I don't know what his last name is, but his last name was Han. Ah, <laughs> uh, last name. His first name is Han. I'm sorry. And uh, so he was actually first revealed in the third film back in Tokyo Ooh. Drift. And then he wasn't in the fourth one, but he was in five and six. And then at the end of six, all these movies, I think going back to... Have they all had them, or is it just maybe since the fourth one? They've all usually had like a post credit scene, like a Marvel type thing. Of course. So at the end of the sixth film... Uh, which was the one that set up the Jason, Jason Statham villain for the seventh one. At the end of the sixth film, Jason Statham's character actually kills, supposedly kills Han in a, in a car wreck, in a car chase. Like he kind of crashes Han's car and then it blows up or whatever and Statham makes a threat towards Vin Diesel. Type. But that was a, that was actually one of my favorite like credit teasers. Like after the sixth one, I was like so hyped for the seventh one because I'm like, oh man, because like, you know, Jason Statham's awesome and I wanted to see him play a bad guy and... Um, and of course, I kind of wreck on that with this whole Hobbs and Shaw stuff now, because now Jason seems like a good guy. And I'm like, no, he's supposed to be the villain, and then you turn him into a good guy, because of course he did. So <laughs> he's so charming. But um, but yeah, so now so now at the end of the trailer, this shows like Han like walking into this room with with like uh, Dom and all that. And he's just like, hey guys, what's up? And it's like, well, okay, so how are they gonna explain how he like? Oh, well, I guess you can explain it. That he he crawled out of the car before it blew up or something. But it's like, like yeah. okay, whatever. They brought Han back, but <laughs> it just made me laugh. So. Like the end of the trailer shows like Han driving away in a car, and then it says like hashtag Justice is served or something. Yeah, you gotta have that in there. <sighs> well, yeah. I'm sure the fans are happy that Han's back. I mean, I like Han too. He was a good actor. Uh, the guy who played Han is a good actor. I think his name was Sung Sung Kang, Sung Kong, something like that. He's in a lot of other stuff too, but um, he's a really charismatic actor. So I'm happy he's back as long as they have a, a valid reason for bringing him back. Mm. If they actually explain it <laughs> properly, <laughs> but I'm not gonna put it past and just. Be like, ah, you know, uh, he, he escaped the car wreck, and and we didn't hear from him for three films because yeah. he was just chilling. I don't know, whatever. Well, he was recovering. Sure, <laughs> I don't know. All right. Anyways, that's my take on Fast. I was gonna call. I was gonna call it Fast and Furious Nine, but no, apparently it's uh, F Nine, the Fast Saga. Yeah. So yeah. I'll get used to that. Don't screw that up. But uh, yeah, so <laughs> uh, that's pretty much all I got for movies right now. I haven't watched anything else, or really nothing else. There's really not much on my radar for the month of February, movie wise. Um, you gonna go watch Birds of Prey? Yeah, see, uh, so, okay, I wasn't going to talk about it, but we'll spend a couple minutes on it here. I'm so, just saying. Yeah, Birds of, Birds, well, for those who don't know, Birds of Prey is the new... Harley Quinn! It's a new DC film based on Harley Quinn. 
and uh, a bunch of other characters. I don't know the comics that well, so I'm not gonna. I can't remember most of the names to be honest. But uh, all I know about the film is that, uh, like I said, Margot Robbie's back as Harley Quinn, and apparently Ewan McGregor's the villain in this one. He's playing Black Mask, who's like a popular DC villain in the Batman universe, I think. Um, so, uh, but yeah, so Birds of Prey. It was on, I saw the trailer a couple months ago, and I was like, okay. I mean, DC has kind of a hit or miss track record, and but I liked I liked Harley's. I mean, I like I like Margot's performances, Harley Quinn and Suicide Squad. Probably the only good part of that movie, and uh, <laughs> so you know, I know she'd probably do good in the role again. Um, but yeah, the reviews on this, so the, at least the early impressions are coming out. It sounds amazing. Like it sounds well, apparently like it's, a Bad Boys two or three kind of amazing. Um, like that was like a surprise amazing. Yeah, yeah, Bad Boys three was definitely a surprise uh, critically, I think. Um, but this one apparently is. So I guess I didn't really follow it that closely. Apparently, it's R rated. Um, super violent, like a lot of swearing, tons of gore. So I'm like, okay, all right. So that's kind of got me intrigued now, because I mean, you see so many superhero movies. If it's if something's gonna be PG thirteen, or like you know, watered down a bit, I don't, I kind of tune out. But if you're telling me it's gonna be like a hard R, with like proper, like if you know, Harley's gonna be just dropping f bombs everywhere. I'm like, nah, I'm a little more intrigued now. <laughs> <laughs> you might have my attention again. So I, I, I think I will go see that one in theaters. I wasn't really intending to, at least not maybe uh, first week or so, but. I think it actually comes out uh, this Friday coming on the 7th. So probably check that out sometime this month. The only other movie I was really going to see this month, though, mostly because of <laughs> my son was uh, Sonic, Sonic the Hedgehog. Valentine's Day. Woo! Unironically, I'm kind of looking forward to that movie a little bit. I think it's going to be terrible. I mean, yeah. I, I, you can't have hopes for a, Sonic, a live action Sonic the Hedgehog movie. But part of me just really hopes that what's only on the initial trailer for it was Jim Carrey. I was going to say, don't say Jim Carrey. Yes, Jim Carrey playing Dr. <laughs> no, Robotnik. No. He's going back to true 90s camp oh, Jim Carrey. Oh, like the mask Jim Carrey. Oh, yeah, like the mask, like Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. He's just, he doesn't care in this no. movie. He is just over the top, and I love it. That's how you have to go for that no, character. You have to. Like, yeah, no, I don't I don't like him in the trailer. Yeah, I'm sorry. I think he'll be fine. You and Lucas can enjoy that. <laughs> I hope, I hope Lucas enjoys even just for the visuals and Sonic being like kind of a, a quippy, you know, wise. Uh, I don't know. If it's not Mega Man, he doesn't watch it. So. <laughs> no, I've actually Mega Man movie. That'd be one thing. Um, so yeah, Sonic the Hedgehog. Other than that, I think February is kind of a slow month uh, box office wise. And even on Netflix, I don't think there's much coming out on Netflix for February. Now I'm looking forward to. So go back to your list. Like, you know, Netflix, Netflix like, yeah. Oh yeah, you know, I got Catch a lot, bunch of stuff I have to get caught up on still. Um, and we'll talk about those movies in other podcasts. But the only other thing I want to talk about then um, that I sort of experienced in the last week or so, this is actually pretty recent. So just yesterday, February 4th, um, was the launch of Season 4 of Apex Legends, which is, for those who don't know, um, I think I talked about it last podcast. You a bit. sure okay. did. So if you didn't listen to the last podcast, then uh, to set up briefly, again, Apex Legends is a, a video game a um online uh, battle royale it's on ps4 xbox and pc although i play it on ps4 primarily um did you know mobile versions coming out i did hear about that the the I think tencent yeah. is doing a mobile version they're gonna launch it in china first i think or oh probably yeah i mean but yeah, i didn't know that till the other well day. i mean call of duty has a mobile fortnite has a mobile doesn't it or? that's actual fortnite where this is well yes well, this okay. will be a watered down version or something you're saying anyways no, yeah there'll be a mobile version we'll talk about that when we have more information later on that's but season four. yeah so this is the actually so yesterday was the one year anniversary because this so apex legends the game launched february 4th of 2019 so obviously yesterday was one year anniversary 
So a new season starts. New season just means new content, like uh, a new character, new weapons, new like map changes, new stuff like that. Levels to go through and unlock stuff. Yeah, different parts of the map and stuff. So it's a um, yeah, it's a game that they're constantly updating. Uh, it, like I said, it, I already mentioned this in the last podcast, but if you didn't listen to it, like this was definitely my most played game of 2019. Uh, I still play it pretty much every day when I get a chance. Um, it's so addictive and um, just really fun uh, first-person shooter. Um, but so this season, season four is going going back to so seasons one and two were like they were. It's a 90-day structure. So for 90 days, and then when the next season starts, they roll over different content. So for season three, they actually went a bit longer. I think it was actually closer to almost 120 days because um, they wanted to extend it over the holidays and to kind of have it lined up Stretch with the lined up for the one-year anniversary here for season four. So. Season three, people complained that it felt a little long because they did, they even though they did have a lot of cool events near the end of season three, different modes to change up the gameplay. Um, people were starting to get getting tired of the map and tired. Well, you maxed out your all yeah. Your stuff. If you're playing it every day like me, it's easy to max out most of the the, pal- the past content and stuff. So people were really anxious for season four, and like I said, I, I played it yesterday and a little bit more today actually before we did this podcast. And it's, I mean, if you played Apex Legends before, it's more of the same. It's, <laughs> it's still great. Um, they've new added characters. they've added a new legend called Revenant. Who's really cool? I think, as with any new legend that gets added, it's gonna take time for people to learn the nuances of the character and to um, to see how it plays out, how he interacts with the other legends, like on, on it. Because you play on a team of three primarily, right? So you have to know how his abilities and his skill set reacts with the other people you're playing with. But uh, I think over time, he's gonna be a really cool character. I mean, he's already cool in terms of like his personality, his lines, his voice lines, uh, and the and the actor who does his is phenomenal. He's like um, the first bad guy. <laughs> yeah, like he's. Because there's like, for those that don't know, there's a, there's a there's a mechanic in the game where um, if a teammate gives you an item or, or or locates an item for you, um, you can actually thank them. You press a button on your controller to yeah. thank them, and they'll usually say you're welcome or something. And his character being like total just evil bad guy, <laughs> he's just like you know like I'm not gonna thank you or you're not welcome. Like he just <laughs> he doesn't he says cool lines in that. But you know the, the, the gist of it is like even if like he's going somewhere else on the map, and usually you tell your teammates I'm gonna go over there. Um, and if you're Pathfinder, he'll be like, teammates, I'm going over there. Like, he'll be all happy, and Revenant will just be like, I'm going over there. Don't follow me. <laughs> it's like, okay, so this guy is just uh, pure evil. But, uh, yeah, I, I hope that, uh, as with any of the legends, they'll always tweak him over time. They'll they'll give him some buffs or, or change up his skills if they find him too too powerful or, or, or underutilized. Um, and there were some changes to the, the current map. Now, people were really hoping that, in some capacity, season four would bring back the previous map, which is called King's Canyon. Um, it's not back yet. They're still using the same map as season three, which is called World's Edge. But they have tweaked a lot of the areas. They've added new parts of the map, or they've just changed uh, certain um, aspects of the map altogether to make it feel new. Like they've destroyed buildings, they've created like uh, gaps and um, chasms over certain areas, so you have to traverse it differently, which is really cool. Like me playing it the last day and a half. Um, it's uh, it feels it feels fresh like there's even the new areas or the old areas that have changed it, it for someone who's played hundreds of hours like me it's, it still feels pretty new which I appreciate and um, like I, said, I hope it brings in some newer players too get some fresh blood into the into the servers um, but uh, yeah so and one last thing I'll say is the uh, so with every season they they reset the um, the ranked series there's a ranked mode you can play in basically if you don't want to play in the uh, casual servers you can play ranked and there's a point structure i won't go into all that now but basically it's supposed to pit you with people of your own skill level essentially right like it goes up from bronze silver gold platinum diamond etc tiers you know there's multiple ways you can rank up and um 
So in, for this season, with it being 90 days, the ranked is actually going to be split up into two parts, 45 days each. So the cool part here is that the first 45 days, so from yesterday until whatever, 45, sometime in April, I guess, right? In April, maybe. Um, it'll... Uh, It'll be on the current map. I don't think you know how to do calendar math, but okay. <laughs> what do we got? February to 29 days this year. Uh, so it's only like the end of March. Not even the yes. end of March. Yeah. 29 plus. <laughs> okay. Sometime in, towards the end of March, sorry, is when the 45 days will be up. So um, then the then the ranked mode will actually sort of reset itself again. So let's say if you. Like, oh, I, really? Yeah. So like I, I was in season three. Like so you get knocked back down again. Yeah. Like in season three. Although technically it was called ranked two because they didn't start doing ranked until season two. So season three was only semantics. Exactly. The ranked in season three essentially was I was at a platinum level, which was the like third highest tier you could be in. Above that was like Apex Predator and, and Diamond. So I was in platinum tier. Um, so when the ranked series resets the start of a new season, they drop you down a level and a half. So I went back down to silver essentially. Um, so now I've already worked my way back up into gold uh, from yesterday. And, uh, but so let's say even if I get back up to platinum by the time the 45 days is up Does in March, the bounce you back down again to, to silver. But uh, when the rank kicks over in 45 days, now it's going to switch to the Kings Canyon map. I think only for rank though. That's where it's not clear yet. Is yeah. it only going to be for the rank mode, or do the casual Apex well, players get to? They might have another to... event that you back to Kings Canyon. Oh yeah, I'm sure they will. Like you seem to think they might have a Valentine's Day event, but I don't see that uh, happening because I think what, it's. But, but what other holidays is there left? Like they're not going to do an Easter one or whatever. So I don't know what kind of well, like holiday. It doesn't always have to be based on it. Just because I know, but like still. The, remember they had the first the first ever event they ran. I think sometime last fall it was called like Iron Crown. Okay, that wasn't based on any holiday. It was what just... I really want is outfits for Valentine's Day. <laughs> I want some suits and some cool dresses and stuff. Like I love the Halloween and the Christmas ones. Mm-hmm. So those are my favorite outfits. So that's all. I love the outfits. I'm not ruling it out. You you may be right. I just feel like them doing well, an event ten now. days after the season starts yeah. might be a bit too close, but we'll see. But yeah, basically that's it for Apex Legends Season 4. Um, I will probably talk about it a little bit on each podcast going forward. <laughs> it, only if there's any updates. I'm not, you know, if, if anything changes uh, within the meta or any uh, additions, events, like we said, new costumes, stuff like that. Um, although I think this year with, with uh, us having a, well, at the start of of the year in January, you know, we sort of, as most couples probably do, we reset our budget. Look, Yay! Because I spent a lot Fun of money. Things. I spent a lot. I spent a lot of money on Apex last year. I'm not gonna say how uh-huh. much, but I. You already I sp- did last episode. Did I say? How much yeah, I you did. Last 100%. Episode? You, you have such. A <laughs> you did. Okay, a long running, a long running theme of this podcast too is probably gonna be me having a terrible memory. I'm probably gonna mention it, or in some capacity, it's gonna come up in every podcast we do. Because okay, last episode, you, I, I told you I would check for corrections for two things. Mm-hmm. Not even right after the episode was over, and I told you I checked them. You're like, what things did you check? <laughs> Well, I don't think it's an unfair question to ask. I, I can't remember what the... We talked uh, for two hours. I'm going to remember I, what the two corrections were. Well, let's see if I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> well, so I'll never know, I guess. But <laughs> yes, if my memory fails me, I do apologize in advance, but I'm sure she'll be able to correct me. Yes. If she feels like it, I guess. If she doesn't want to feel like correcting me, well. then I'll never know. <laughs> so, uh, well, that's all I got to talk about. How about... Uh, I'm going to pass it over to you for a bit so I can take a drink. I'm starting to lose my voice here. <laughs> I really haven't done much. Like, I've been sick. Yes, you have. So, like, if I'm not sleeping, I'm maybe playing something. So, the only game I've been playing this week is uh, Cadence of Hyrule. 
so when did that come out what year did that come out that was last year was it 2019 oh yeah it was 2019 release okay so yeah it's a newer release um and you bought it on ps4 or switch it only it's not rule what where uh, why would in the world would link be on ps4 I, I don't know. Well, Nintendo has Microsoft on there now. So I, yeah, but they don't put their characters on Xbox. No, I suppose not. Okay, fine. Dumb question. It was on Switch. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> yes, it is definitely on Switch. Okay. But it's it's like the uh, Link to the Past kind of Zelda. It's isometric. You're looking down from the top. But instead of just uh, the, the twist, I should say, is that you have to move to a beat. So every movement that you make, uh, like left, right, up, down, attack, uh, spell, arrow, you have to do to a beat. And then the enemies are always also moving on the beat. So it's just constantly going. You could also turn this off if it screws you up because it is too hard for me <laughs> to try and stay with the beat. So I turned this mode off. But uh, so, yeah, you're pretty much playing Zelda with a bunch of the remixed songs from like, all, you know, in Love, Garuda Valley and the Song of Time and lost uh lost woods all those favorites uh, and you're going through and you're uh it's a different uh enemy this time uh but the goal is to collect the four instruments from the four different temples or areas i guess and then go in and fight the final boss as always uh but yeah it was like i'm almost done i'm on the last boss but then lucas decided to kick me off my switch account earlier today so i didn't get <laughs> to beat it so i'm in the middle of the fight <laughs> but uh it I love the remix music. It was great playing as um, you can play as Link or Zelda, so that's kind of they have their own different move sets. There's so many items to pick up, so many item upgrades, um, but it is it is just a really quaint, short-ish adventure that it didn't overstay its welcome. Like I'm talking as if I beat it, but mm-hmm. whatever. I'll hopefully do that tonight. How, but, many, how many hours do you think you put in? How many hours you put into it so far? Do you think? Um, Probably like five. So it's not a very long game. Well, no, but to be fair, like, I didn't collect everything either. Like, half of my inventory is empty. Where I, I was watching it on on uh, YouTube yesterday, and those people, like, finished. They, they have the bottles and all the potions and fairies, and I have literally no bottles. <laughs> like, I am flying by the seam of my hearts. It is. It seems like, it seems like a game that can be definitely replayed. For sure. Like, I barely played a Zelda this run where I'd like to go back because I was just so used to Link's stuff because he gets the shield, but she gets, like, her diamond uh, I don't know her magic form where she just blocks everything, but it uses your magic. Where Link can just put up a shield and not use magic, but he has like the rods, like fire and ice rod, to do different things that use magic. So, or he gets a spin attack that uses magic too. So it's they play a little differently, but uh, you can also play as Cadence. But that's a different thing from a uh, the Necromancer because that's who made the game. But yeah, uh, it it was really fun. I'm glad it, like. I'm glad I picked it up. Like, because I was going to play Patapon, <laughs> which is another music game. Patapon 2, isn't it? Patapon 2, sorry. Okay, yeah. But yeah, but I uh, I put that aside to, to play. I don't know why I did this. I don't know. <laughs> but You don't know why you're in the mood to play Cadence? You just felt like it? No, like, know. I went from one, one music game to another, and I'll go back to Patapon when I'm done. But yeah. Pretty good. And what's, uh, after that, what's next on your radar? What's uh, I think the next one you're probably looking forward to is what, Animal Crossing? Oh, Animal Crossing's forever waiting for, but uh, comes on a month, right? It does. Yeah. There's like a few games this month that I have my eyes uh, on, but the new Fire Emblem Three Houses DLC I think comes out mm. on the fifteenth, the thirteenth, maybe thirteenth or thirteenth. Do you remember when the uh, when that DLC is supposed to come out for Control? 
No. I feel like it was March or April. It was sometime earlier this year. I started to go back and... and finish it? Well, by finished, you basically mean start, start. over because <laughs> I only got a couple hours in before the holidays and then I got pulled back in Apex again. So I do want to go back and play Shock. play Control because, I mean, that like all the giant bomb stuff we watched last year, uh, Control sounds like an awesome game and I really want to sit down and... I haven't heard many bad things about it. Yeah. But I feel like it's a game I really want to play over like a solid three, four days just kind of... Yeah, you will the forget story how to will, play. Yeah. You gotta kind of power through it. You don't want to just let, let leave it sitting and come back to it a month later. It's not that type of game. So, so once you max out the battle pass, the only time you ever play control. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that, this month has like the the Fire Emblem DLC, Snack World, and Rune Factory Four. So I gotta look at my budget and pick which one I want. And then Animal Crossing next month. Do I do we have do I have Doom pre-ordered? I do, don't no. I? No, I don't have Doom pre-ordered anymore. You, you have nothing pre-ordered for you. Yay. <laughs> well, unless you want, like, uh, well, to be fair, you have Avengers pre-ordered. Oh, don't worry about that. <laughs> um, otherwise, no, not even Last of Us 2. You got nothing. Oh, yeah. That, actually, I can, I can do a brief update on that. So I think in the last podcast, I did mention that I had beaten Uncharted 1, the uh, like the remastered version of Uncharted 1 on the Nathan Drake collection. Um, I'm currently playing through Uncharted 2. I think I'm about, I'd say probably 80% through that right now. So I'll probably finish that in the next week or so. So I can move on to Uncharted 3. And my plan at the start of the year was to essentially play through all the Naughty Dog games before Last of Us 2 comes out in, at the end of May. I think it's May 29th it comes out. Um, but also, so that would mean that would entail I have to play through all all five of the Uncharted games. And by five, I mean like one through four and then The Lost Legacy, which is sort of like an unofficial, unofficial fifth game of the series. But And then um, I'll play through The Last of Us uh, Remastered again. And I never played through The Last of Us DLC either, that Left Behind DLC with Ellie. No, you have not. So I want to do that as well. Um, Yeah, so I still have obviously lots of time. We're only in the first week of February here. Get get those games done before the end of May, but that's my goal. I guess I'll try and fit some control time in there at some point. (laughs) This is not happening. None of this is happening. (sighs) Oh, man. (laughs) At some point, it's like... There's been very few instances in 2019 where... And to, to its credit, there's been very few times where the Apex or the EA servers actually went down. That's true. Um, it's pretty stable normally. So there's only a few times where, you know, the servers were down or I saw some other kind of issue where I was like, okay, I'll just go play something else for a bit and then yeah. come back to Apex. So, um, but as long as those servers are up, I'm usually <laughs> playing Apex. I'm usually playing Apex first. And, you know, it's, it's one of those games where I'm always like, okay, I'll just go on and play for like an hour or so. Never and happens. then either one or two things either happens. Either usually I'm playing by myself and then one of my other friends will come online so I'll end up playing for another couple hours with them or I'll play for an hour and I'll have a couple of really good games and I'll be like, oh, I can't, can't stop now. now. You gotta ride that well, hot streak, you're having right? bad games, you have, to, you have to turn it around. You can't, you can't end on a sad note at the night time, so. Yeah, my rule. no th- winning. Yeah, my rule of thumb is like if I'm gonna before I go to bed at night if I'm playing Apex I can't go out on like a, a zero game so this this I makes gotta, you stay up till one in the morning yeah I'm usually chasing that <laughs> chasing all the that kids high. are in bed finally yeah anything else from last week that really stands out no for us just being sick yes let's okay. not be sick anymore well, you know don't let me into it you're sick <laughs> you know, I'm sitting one foot away from you you have an Apex here, so. sickness yes that's true <laughs> um Looking forward to, um, I mean, I know obviously we're still, what is it, probably nine months away from Extra Life again, right? Yeah. November 2020. Start planning now. Yeah. But uh, (laughs) I I imagine that the majority of my time on that will be spent on Apex, just like it was. I'll make, we'll have a better stream than this year, like actually your gameplay. 
Right. Yes. Yeah. I mean, obviously, the quality of my gameplay, the way we were able to have to record it last year, wasn't great. But um, well, somebody can't have any lag, or else they're gonna have a hissy fit. Well, you tried. <laughs> I can do it. I'm just saying, like, who who wants to watch me run around lagging for for twelve hours or however long? It's I literally it like a millisecond. Well, we can try it. Uh, uh, we're gonna. Pro- we're okay, gonna. fine. We will try it. Let's ask how you played Ring Fit. I, well, I played it the day before I got sick, and now I can't do it because mm. it hurts to my head. Right. Right. Got me to go back to that. You played it for one day. Yeah, I, I kept thinking about going back to. It. I'm, <laughs> I'm wonderful honestly, thinking is not going. I'm also going to start over, like and and probably tone down these. I think the first time I went into it, I, I went put, into extreme. I had though. the difficulty, not the difficulty, but I had the intensity up pretty high, like not to max, but like maybe seventy five percent of the way. And the number of reps they made you do, I was like, oh my goodness, I, I don't think I can do this for like twenty hours or however long that the story takes. For it's go, long. I know it's long. It's I've heard long. It's, so I think I'll tone that down a bit. Uh, not the greatest shape. <laughs> right? You can fix that. Yeah, it'll bring fit. <laughs> but you don't do it. You just think about it. Well, we can also go for jogs more often. We used to jog, remember? It's cold outside. It's, yeah, we still want short jogs. It's cold outside. I know. I feel like this is turning into our own little marriage story here. <laughs> no. To bring it back to the start of the podcast there. Full yeah. circle. Yeah. No. <laughs> well, um... We're almost at an hour on the podcast, so I think uh, if we don't have anything else really to discuss right now, maybe we'll call it a wrap for today and uh, Let's see what we call have. It a wrap. See what we have for next week. So I'm sure some Oscar stuff. Whatever. Oh yes, yes. So let's let's finish off by saying that here. So um, this Sunday coming up, which will be is it the ninth? Sure. Yeah, February. Yeah, February ninth. Yeah, February second was. Oh wait, wait, wait. We didn't talk about the Super Bowl at all. Well, what are you going to talk about? It happened. What does that mean? Okay. She can. She can. I was there. Okay, so it was the Kansas City Chiefs, San Francisco 49ers. Spoiler for those who may have recorded it. I don't know why. Oh, come on. Who records things in 2020, but I mean. You don't record <laughs> sports things. No, and it, you, unless you're under a rock, you probably already know who won anyway. So the Kansas City Chiefs won 31-20. to 20. Um, Andy Reid, uh, longtime head coach, finally gets his first Super Bowl win. Good for him. Patrick Mahomes, MVP. It was a good game all around. Like You and I watched yeah, it no, with my I, mom. Uh, I quite enjoyed it. Yeah. It like a, last year's was... Oh, oh, oh yeah, it's definitely better than, and I say that as being a former Rams fan. Oh, you actually um, admit you're being former now, so mm-hmm. I can keep the sweater. Yes, you can keep the Rams sweater. <laughs> you, know, you were going to steal it anyway, but um, yeah. And then, like you know, most people probably talked about the Super Bowl halftime show, which was Shakira and Jennifer Lopez. Um, I mean, I thought it was okay for what yeah, it was. It was some, fine. some people, some people were annoyed by the lip syncing, but I mean, you kind of expect that nowadays yeah, <laughs> with no, live performances. It was, it was harmless. I think a lot of that. I, heard, I saw a lot of like you know moms complaining on social media about the uh the dancing you know the well of course but sexualized sort of performances but that's just how it is but yeah overall uh Super Bowl was really good um so now like so, <laughs> um maybe one other now the nfl is done obviously this coming saturday on the on february 8th is actually going to be the the relaunch i guess you can call it of the xfl oh right xfl's back i'm gonna i'm gonna, I'm gonna check it out this weekend i'm curious to see you go right ahead. what kind of football it's like. I know I they have a lot work. of weird rules and uh, you have to work. Okay, well, I'm not, it's probably at nighttime, but anyways, oh. I'll check it out on Saturday. Um, but then this, and then also this coming Sunday, February 9th, is the Oscars. I don't know what number they're on now. 82nd Oscars or something, I think it is. But um, I, to be honest, you, you, well, you know this. Obviously, every year I say, I either say I am or I'm not going to watch the Oscars. Last, like, three years you said not, but you still have watched them. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's always so a couple, always a there's always a couple people I want to root for. This year, actually, though, I think 
they got a lot of the categories right this year. It's very few that I just fear, very few omissions or things were nominated that I disagree with. I think they did a good job. Um, and I'm actually very curious to see if a lot of, of my favorites are end up being the winners or get the recognition I think they deserve. Um, you know, like one of the movies we talked about last week, 1917, I think I said it had 10 nominations, if I remember correctly. I hope it wins a few of those. Um, you know, Marriage Story, as I mentioned today, six Oscar nominations. Hope it gets a couple of those recognition. Um, but yeah, I, I think uh, I I will be watching it next Sunday. And uh, even though it doesn't have a host, uh, have a host proper host, I know, it just it feels weird. I don't know why they can't just bring back one of the old guys that was like, one of, you know, one of like the non-offensive. What? People are mad at the Oscars. They could still get like Billy Crystal or Steve Martin or somebody to come back and do it. Like someone's safe. Then I was going to get like a Ricky Gervais. You know, you saw that one with the Golden Globes. But that was so good. It was funny, but they had to like live edit Why? him. Yeah. Or, or, you know, bleep out his... You uh, can't even find the unbleeped version. I know, eh? So controlling that I stuff. Know. I don't get it. But yeah, I mean, you know, the Oscars, most people already have an opinion on it. You either love it or hate it. I mean, essentially it is. It's it's a glorified, it's a pat on the back for Hollywood. Especially more so than ever probably this year with the Tarantino movie Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, yeah. <laughs> sort of being like... You know, I look at the industry, like, that's why I probably got a lot of the recognition it did. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I just like to see every once in a while at the Oscars, you get you get some of those heart, heartwarming speeches, heartfelt speeches, I should say, from the from people who win for the first time or people who have been nominated for years and finally get that win. It's nice to see them get rewarded. But, uh, yeah, like I said, I'll be watching. I know you won't. You'll just be listening in the background. I could but, care less. Yeah, well. You just want Joker to win. <laughs> You're so funny. Fear movie 2019. No, right? it is not. I think we're going to have to talk about that on another podcast. We're going to do a deep dive into Joker. I have to watch it again to remind myself why I do not love it like everybody else. Yeah, fair enough. So, uh, but uh, I think we'll call it here. Cool. Thanks for making it so far. Yeah. I hope, I hope you enjoyed. Thanks for listening, everybody. And I uh, will see you again next week. Sayonara. Bye. <laughs>